You are listening to the Hello Sport Podcast. All right, welcome to the Hello Sport Podcast, home of unqualified opinion and unwavering bias. Coming to you after one of the great weeks in sports broadcasting history. Um, on the road back from Bathurst at the moment. Uh, if you if you don't know, then shame on you. But obviously, KO signed us to a monster one-week deal to cover the Bathurst 1000. Um, and it is now Monday morning. We're driving through the Blue Mountains and we are making our way back to old Sydney town. Um, little bounced, little broken. Not our spirit, but our wills, maybe. Uh, Monday morning. And thought... You know what? Couldn't think of anything worse than getting back to Sydney and then having to go and sit in the podcast studio for three hours this evening after the weekend we've had, not finished till 9, 10.30 at night, putting in the work for the P's and D's. Let's take advantage of the three-hour trip from Bathurst to, you know, debrief, decompress, and, you know, talk about the week that was. Uh, Probably worth reminding you all that if you did send a dribbler dribble in this week, it is null and void. We may never get to it, and you've wasted your time. That being said, we may get to it next week. But if it's, you know, specific to a result, your Danny Exotics of the world, your rack and your red, then... And you know what? We actually may not get to it next week because we're also going to be in Byron Bay. So, fuck all of you. Eddie, how are you? I'm all right, mate. Just towing a one-ton caravan through the mountains. Bit wet, bit slippery, bit of fog. Got to have my wits about me. You do. So it's probably a perfect time for you to be distracted by the, the podcast and maybe well, a couple of text messages going off. Look, historically not a great multitasker time. I don't want to alert anyone. Uh, but when it comes to dribble and yarn, I can multitask. That's true. Do it on your ear. I'll do it on my ear if it comes to dribble and yarn. Uh, but you're right, mate. Fucking one of the great weeks in sports broadcasting. The deal was monstrous. Uh, we're not going to release figures, obviously. No, but um, safe to say, Evie Rose and Tonka are set up for life. Well, Tonka's eating well this week. Yeah, big time. Tonka's on the premium stuff this week. T-bone steaks. Yeah, yeah. He might be on the T-bones, but also he may get a taste for them and, and won't be able to turn back. So, look, I might just pocket it for myself Yeah, and then go the big lift in, in Byron. Yeah. Yep, I hear you. You hear me, bro? I think so. I think so. Um, but I think it's probably important for us to go through, you know, take take the P's and D's on a bit of a behind the scenes of the week. Um, you know, you may have seen a lot of the content that was on the, across social media. Um, I mean, getting down to Bathurst, we had a shitload of interviews to do. The main ones, I think it's fair to say, were Frosty mm. in the hot lap. Frosty's a friend. Frosty's now a dear friend. David Reynolds, a dear friend. And the mayor of Bathurst, Bobby Burke, a dear friend. Um, but I think if we start with Frosty, Eddie, that was, we got down there to lug in this big fucking caravan. And then, first things first, we got a like, early sparrows fart up to the mountain. Sparrows fart, mate. The early calls, 6 a.m., are fucking brutal. And we're up to, what, 12 the night before? Yeah, we were. A lot of, lot of, lot of... Look, in and amongst the world. You can't we, say we didn't earn our pennies. No, we earned the pennies. But um, Frosty, one of those people who, on the face of it, not being, you know, nuts deep in the supercars world, seemed a bit vanilla, seemed a bit bland from the outside world. Nice guy, mm. but nice guys sometimes finish last. Oh, top wheel spinning here on the hill, ladies and gentlemen. This caravan. Oh, still spinning. Oh, still spinning. Still spinning. Still spinning. Get a grip, son. Come on. Get a grip, son. Get up and work. Shit. 
Here we go. This Hilux is earning its keep. It is. It's served us well. It has. Um, but I, I require a little more out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, just one Don't last, drop the ball late. One last lift to get us home. Don't drop the ball late. So Frosty, from the outside, could be seen as a bit of a vanilla gorilla, you know? <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, you could make that assumption. Having never met the bloke and never watched fucking a race of supercars in your life, <laughs> you could maybe make the, the correlation between vanilla and gorilla. <laughs> but... Once we got him in the in the well, when we were having a yarn to him before we got into the uh, the caravan filming, it was like, oh, this guy's this is a nice man we're dealing with here. Yeah, and not vanilla at all. No, more chocolate. A bit more of a chocolate guy. I, would, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even hold back on throwing some chips in there, mate. As yeah, well. yeah, some like chocolate chips a, or or like your your Cadbury fruit and nut. He's got a bit of fruit and a bit yeah, of nut he's about got him. a bit of fruit and nut about him. And for the P's and D's that don't know what Cadbury fucking dairy milk fruit and nut is, Switch shame off. on you. Switch off. Turn it off. Turn it off. We're not your cup of tea. No, just walk into the ocean and Harold Holt yourself because <laughs> that's disgraceful. But um, Frosty, listen, Eddie. As as I mean, I don't want to call us performers because this is all. This is all natural, you and I. But yeah. Frosty, a very, very giving, uh, you know, uh, opponent on the on the stage, if you will. He gave as good as he got. He gave mate. as good as he got. He was funny. He, he he could have a laugh. We've got him on board as an ambassador for Hello Sport or Fumes by Hello Sport. Center them out. Look, we do. I mean, I think that once we pitched him. On the idea, obviously, it's it's petroleum, it's rubber, it's it's you know, it's ball sweat it's from ball the race, sweat from the race. It's it's race race suit bloody dripped out into a bottle. Yeah. It's it's all those wonderful things that make the the mountain so great. Yeah, and it's been bottled, and he's on board. And he's on board. He liked it. Look, um, are we sitting down with Co next week to start hashing out how this? how this looks moving forward. Look, I can't say. No, we can't confirm I can't, or deny I, no, that. I, look, I'm not going to confirm, nor am I going to deny it, but there are safe to say there may thoughts. or may not be wheels in motion. And there might be, but there also might not be. But I think it's probably best that we, we don't say anymore. <laughs> um, but so that was a really good start with Frosty, because it was like, all right, this guy's a fucking legend. Mm. And now, Set the tone. Set the tone, and now we know who we're going for. Mm. It's a frosty. It's a, it's frosty or no one. Yeah. Did I have ten bucks on frosty to podium? Yeah, I did. I unfortunately, uh, he was paying fifty one to win. I didn't get on. Did he time. start a little far back? Maybe. Maybe 18. he did. Eighteenth was always a bit that. tough, but fuck, he gave it. A, he gave it a red hot crack for us. Up to fifth at one point, yeah, Tom. Exactly. Um, you know, fourth if you just don't include the effect that pitting has on a race. But uh, oh, he, yeah, he he got up to dizzying heights at one point. Yeah. Um, but Frosty, Frosty now a friend of Frosty the show. Frosty now a dear friend. Thanks to Frosty. Shout out Frosty. Then we had a couple other interviews. Will Davidson obviously came second. I, in just one of the great bedsheets, introing Will into this segment. So we had to like, it was like a look who we've snagged. Sausage rhetoric, you know. We love our snags. And it was like the first one we'd done, and I had to intro Will. And I've already said g'day to him. I've, you know, I know the fuck he is. Mm. And then as I've gone to intro him, I forgot his name. And I just went, oh, look at Will Snag. Now introducing... <laughs> it was said like that. Yeah, that's, he, no, that's no word of a lie. He mumbled over this bloke, and it was fucking awkward it rocked me as well yeah it rocked you to your core I was shook and it kind of fucked me for the whole interview I was like I can't well we redid the take obviously because it was the producers were like ah uh, excuse me that was the most awkward thing in the world and I'm like glad you noticed because I certainly did um, 
and I just walked over to you and I was like, bro, I forgot his fucking name. How does that happen? I will say this, though, P's and D's, just while it's in my mind. Of the four interviews we did, so there was four people that we interviewed for this segment. Look who we've snagged. Now, I don't want to, you know, point fingers, Tom, but I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna. Do it. Of the four blokes that sat down next to the barbecue, only one of them said yes to Onion. And that was probably, that's probably shook us, shook us the most. That shook me the most. I, it took me days to get over that. Yeah. I've still, I woke up that night just going, what? I woke up in a sweat, in a pool of my own sweat. No one, had, one person had Onion? And who was that? I can't even remember. Was it, that one of the... It was those, the young bloke. The, the Bates. One of the Bates Lewis. boys. Lewis. Shout out to the Bates boys. Uh, of Rally Car fame. Of Rally Car if, fame. If you're a rally guy, you may know you them. You may know If them. you don't like Rally Car, like I'm guessing 99% of you. Then I would suggest the Bates boys not on your radar just yet. Um, but? But safe to confirm that, that Lewis is an, an onion operator. So yeah. he earned my respect there and then. Yeah. But to the others. Yeah, it was tough. Fucking ordinary, ordinary. stuff. But then we got, we got to sit down with David Reynolds, former Bathurst winner, uh, Penrite driver for you guys that aren't supercar heads like Eddie and I. Uh, and he was a breath of fresh air. I love Dave. Dave, again, it was like, well, we, we're going for Frosty, but now we're like, shit, I'm torn. Dave's got plenty of dribbler in him, if you want me to set the scene. Yeah. Dave's got a lot of dribbler. We were talking. He got our shtick immediately. Yeah. If Frosty's your nice sweetheart, could, could have been Vanilla Gorilla, but isn't, was very giving on the performative stage. Mm. Dave was like, he could sit down and yarn. Immediately mm. he was talking about dick swinging mm. and what, you know, pole position is not just about the position on the grid, but also one's ability to swing the pole. <laughs> so, that's it. If you, if you win pole, you, you can swing you the can pole. You can swing your pole. That's, I mean, that's sort of, that's, that's how, how it works, works. Now, in the listen, supercars world. Did we tell Dave in the interview that we follow him on Instagram and that he should follow suit? We did. Then did Dave follow us afterwards, and it then became apparent that we actually didn't follow him, and that it looked like we were we were wool pulling him. Yes, but Dave, uh, a fantastic individual, and was basically like, "Let's jump on a podcast sometime." Happy to do it. Yeah, I don't he, live in he New South Wales, but he's like, "I might be in New South Wales in Christmas." We're like, "Shit, Christmas!" Yeah, Christmas might be tough, but we'll, we'll listen. Put, we'll I'm put not it gonna. I, I'll I'll move I'll move my schedule for for Dave. You know, I'll, I'll I'll move some things around. Mate, you sit down and suck back a couple of blokes. It would be. Uh, I think it'd be a fucking all-time. Interview. I think it'd be an all-time. Interview. Well, a chat, right? Yes, exactly. Um, now, moving on uh, from from the drivers themselves, we then made our way into town. Also, by this stage, important to note. Now, I don't know if uh, I've said this before, but Daddy gets a little psoriasis on the skin. Mm. Loves to uh, calm that with some coconut oil. Found it over all my years that that seems to be the best thing to keep it in check mm. for the mo- the longest period of time. Yeah. But what coconut oil oil also does in the sun fries you up. It fries you up. Now, I forgot to put any sunscreen on, and as a dribbler pointed out on the gram, they basically had us staring into the core of the sun for every interview we were doing. And so I basically was just cooking myself and not paying attention to it. And then by about three o'clock in the afternoon, as we're about to interview Bobby Burke, the mayor of Bathurst, a dear friend, I was 
I was halfway roasted. Like if you were roasting a chip, a chook, you'd be like, "Oh, we're done in like you know, we're halfway there." I reckon you were. I reckon you were three quarters roasted. Well, there you go. You know what I mean? Like it was starting to come on, but the damage had been done. Even if you went and sat in a cold, dark room, it still would have popped up. Oh no, yeah, it still. I mean? It probably would have finished itself just with the natural heat. It would <laughs> yeah, have cooked like, over the like, final. It's like when you take a steak off and you leave it sit for twenty minutes. Exactly. That was where you. That were was at. where I was at. I was basically being left to sit. Um, so. <laughs> That was a tough one. Nose still recovering. Uh, everything else pretty good. Look, um, we obviously promote sun safety, but I think every Australian worth their salt acknowledges that you're probably going to get one burn in before summer kicks in, or like at the start of summer, and then hopefully just build on a tan for the next few. Look, months. had we had our time over, had we known we'd be sitting out in the harsh elements, you know, um, center of the sun, sort copying, of stuff, copying it, fucking copying it full blown in the face from I, the hottest body yeah. of energy in our solar system. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Look, would we have done things differently? Sure. Would Tom have, have screened up and, and, and dropped the fucking oil? Perhaps. Perhaps. Would I have found myself a pair of sunglasses? Yeah. Yeah, I probably would have. I think you should have. Because, I mean, we all, you've, already, you've got a history of eye issues. I've got a history of eye issues. Me and Glare aren't the best of mates. No. I mean, me and Glare never got on terribly well. No. I find Glare to be a bit of a cunt, to be honest. <laughs> Glare's tough. Glare's tough. So, <laughs> it was it was tough going for me, in, in fairness, the whole weekend. Even with a bit of cloud cover, the Glare was still out and about. Sometimes worse with cloud cover. Yeah, yeah. I, I can find it can often be worse, mate. But I think that that was probably the only hiccup that I could find. That was the only hiccup for the weekend. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, aside from you forgetting Will's name. but Aside you know, from that, which was tough. I think Will sort of thought that was a bit of a joke, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, listen. A poorly executed, yeah, I'm sure. A horrendously executed joke at his expense and <laughs> for no real payoff. <laughs> um, other than for the interview to stall before it began. Um <laughs> But, yeah, so that was nice. That was nice. Will, shout out to Will. About uh, to call him Will Power. Could have fucked it up twice. Will Davidson, uh, the household name. Um, so then we headed down to town, into town to Mayor Bobby Burke's place. Now, we didn't really know what to expect. We saw a picture of Bobby. Basically, we were going to interview him at his house. And as we've arrived, we've had a very brief interaction with him at the top of his driveway. Just said g'day. And then he drove on down. He's like, mate, I'm putting on a fucking party for you guys. And we were like, right, okay. Everything else has just been a pretty much set up. Do what you need to do, and then we'll go on to the next thing. He was like, I've got a marquee down there. I've got my special snags, Bobby's special snags on the go. Got some mates around, and he had this... Uh, when we say mates around, he'd invited, like, people from the radio station and shit. Like, yeah, he'd, he'd invited he'd down, turned like, it on. The, all the movers and shakers of town. <laughs> all the movers and shakers were there. Yeah, this was like a high society dude. <laughs> Uh, a Bathurst high society, Bathurst high society do, and so the whole, and we and we also saw some. Photos. There was a lot of power in one room. There was that way. a shitload of power, especially once we entered. It was like, wow, <laughs> this is someone capture this shit on photo. This will be a documentary one day. But we got, Bobby also had one of the great man caves that I've ever been in, and that was one of the reasons we wanted to go and film there and get the mayor of Bathurst to show us his man cave. Real dribbler shit in there, <laughs> you know, knickknacks. Um, yeah. Things of that nature. Think, you know, think city, country, um, team photos. 1993 city, country, team photo, just because. <laughs> just because. And, you know, he had a few of those signed by... The great Bobby Burke up on the wall with Phil Gould, that yeah, sort exactly. of shit. Photos of Bobby and, and Fatty Vorton in the early 90s, just because, you know... Uh, Jukebox, 
TV, boat TV. suspended above his pool table. A plane suspended, a bar. He actually, he, he was a generous man, and when we left, he gave us a gift because we, we towed him up in, in a pool game. Uh, he gave us some cigarettes, which was nice. Uh, they're called genuine bullshit cigarettes. Good till the last puff. Now, I, I believe these are legitimately cigarettes. They look old as fuck. Uh, but obviously a bit of a joke. Bobby's a jokester. Here you go. Have some darts. Can smoke them if you want. Encourage, obviously, you know, good lung health. We're more, you know, vape guys these days. But these will take pride of place in the uh, in the podcast. Oh, I don't intend on smoking them, Tom. No. But, uh, you know, they're a nice little fucking knick-knack for our own man cave exactly. of sorts. Exactly. But as we, so as we, as we walk down the driveway to... Basically, the thing was, Bobby's got everything set up down in the back in the backyard. So they wanted to film us walking down into Bo- and to sort of just basically us just to roll into this backyard party with you know the high society folk. Mm. And as we get as we're walking down, we're like just sort of talking about what we're seeing. Nice backyard, nice backyard. Great p- bit of property. Beautiful view of the mountain. Uh, Garba- gun barrel views. Gun barrel views up to the mountain. I mean, Bobby. Has has got himself a really nice parcel of land. Yeah, uh, rezoned maybe. We yeah, don't know. Yeah. Look, I mean, there was a lot, lot of rezoning of, chat. Yeah, going a lot on. of rezoning chat, and we're you know potentially in talks with Bobby about getting some uh, some land rezoned so that we can you know build, start a build down there. But anyway, we come down the driveway and then around the bend to the left, and we're like, all right, see a few of the high societies, and then where's Bobby? Where's the man we're here to see? And he just comes bounding out of his garage, selected official, with his hat on sideways, his his uh, racing shirt on, playing a sniper rifle guitar, singing "I wish I was a punk rocker with flowers in my hair." Weird choice. Everything about it was bizarre. Obviously, amazing to witness, but it was it certainly took my breath away. It took, mate, I was fucking speechless. Yeah. It was it, the gun, the outfit, the hat on sideways. Also, the like, the loose guitar strings that just strummed sort of. Oh, it hadn't been tuned. There was no, it, was, it wasn't like a, he could play guitar. No, no, he couldn't play. He could strum. He could strum a loosely strung guitar. Bobby Burke could strum with the best of them. Oh, no, no doubt. No doubt about that. Uh, but it made for a fucking weird little setup. It was a weird little setup. And, you know. Is that then it was just one of those we're, things where we were left a little speechless. Yeah, yeah. Especially when he started pointing this gun guitar at us, going, I've got in me sights. Yeah. I've got in me sights. We were f- like, yeah, absolutely. That's sick, Bobby. Um, so that was fun. And shout out to Bobby Burke for having us. Special snags that Bobby had. I don't know if we were if he wanted us to release his secret recipe, but we we're about to. Um, so just your cut and dry snag, sliced uh, from top to bottom. Mm. Split ways, you know. Yes. Uh, with a lathering eddy of peanut butter in there, and then wrapped in bacon. Now this is Bobby's special recipe. Uh, we were, we were, we asked him, look, mate, do we need some condiments with this? You know, maybe a bit of chutney, maybe a bit of mustard, maybe a bit of tomato sauce, sauce, maybe barbecue, barbecue, whatever. He was he was adamant that all this needed was peanut butter. I. And probably of the opinion, Tom, that bit it, of bit of barbecue would have been nice. That it, that it needed a little bit more. That's no disrespect to Bobby. It tasted nice. It was nice, but I mean, you know, 
if you're going to try and tell me not to have onion and sauce mm. with a snag, mm. then I don't, look. Bobby also has a love affair, it seems, with peanut butter. He was rattling off a couple of other um, things. You know, oh, and bacon. No, bacon it was. It was he? bacon. It was bacon. He'd Bob, made, he'd made bacon, ch- choc chip cookies with... With bacon. Sub out the chips and put in bacon. Yeah. Now, that sort of gives you an indication of the type of operator we're dealing yeah, with Yeah, the, the cuisine, the culinary <laughs> master we're dealing with in... Mayor, the Honourable Mayor of uh, Bathurst, Bobby Burke. Um, shout out to all Bobby Burke's mates. His cronies. His cronies, <laughs> who we, we bumped into at the pub later on that night. Um, um, yeah, obviously, we were, we were trying to get a feed. We'd been, we got there late. Um, the, the kitchen was shut, and, and Bobby Burke's cronies quickly on the job, um, you know. Back there, basically I'm saying, not going to say harassing, but... <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, you know... Strong-arming the staff into opening the kitchen again for us, which was nice. It was nice. They went, oh, the kitchen's closed. Leave it to us. We're going to go and open the kitchen for you. Um, and then, you know, they organised some, some chicken wings well, for they were us, not which we didn't deny. Yeah, they we're like, we're going to go. They were basically were like, we'll get the kitchen open. <laughs> they went to the, the, the back of the kitchen, and then they basically said no. <laughs> to which point we were like... Um, we're going to go. We're going to go then. Thank you. We're going to go to another pub, and thank you so much. <laughs> um, so that was great. That was fun. That was nice. We also interviewed a police officer, which, you know, no offence to him, not something to sort of, you know, indulge the listeners in, but he was a police officer. We spoke to him, and we probably made him feel a little uncomfortable. But yeah, sure. That's cool. He was nice. Shout out to McKinnicky. <laughs> Uh, superintendent, I think. Jeff assist- McKinnicky. Assistant Commissioner Jeff McKinnicky. Um, shout out to you, bra. Uh, and then it was basically on to race day, Eddie. We didn't mm. really... Did, was there anything else that I missed there? No, I don't think so. I think that's pretty much it. We roll into race day and then it was all systems go. Got to go on the grid, which was hectic. So, like, just before the... The drivers all get in their car to drive off. We're literally on the grid singing the national anthem with gusto. Gusto. But, you know, arm in arm, basically, with Frosty and Lounsey and Scotty Mack and the boys. We're arm in arm. We're all fucking in tears together, Yeah, we were. We were in tears. There was tears. There was tears. There was Craig a, was a mess. Craig was an absolute mess. I had to bloody tell him to pull it together at one point. I was like, man, you're about to have the biggest race of your life. What are you doing? Um, so that was a great experience. And then... It was kind of a day where we didn't have a shitload locked in. We just got to fly by the seat of our pants a little bit, you know. Which I, is the way we like to operate, Tom and I. We don't like scripted shit. We no. like to just rip in and so, see what goes on. So, you know, on. we got to go into a garage, Chaz Mostert's garage, and speak to the, their uh, team principal, uh, Bruce, Bruce Stewart. Stewart. Yeah. Good man, Bruce Stewart. Yeah. yeah. Um, Likes to whip people. Oh, dude. Well, who doesn't? You know, who doesn't? Bit, um, of, a, bit of a BDM type operator. Yeah, Brucey. <laughs> BDM Bruce. <laughs> Um, and, <laughs> and then we got to go up the top of the mountain. No fans remember in Bathurst this year, so it was a bit, it was a fucking weird vibe. But we got to go up the top of the mountain, uh, and uh, we were basically where all the the dribblers usually, uh, you know, congregate and yip and yahoo. And we were basically just up there with the camera crew and us and some cops that had had a plum gig just sitting there on horses watching the cars go past. And then the choppers flying past as it mm. follows the cars. It was fucking sick. Man. That was a fantastic experience, that one. Very cool. Very cool. But Bathurst, mate, it's uh, it suffered a little bit. I'm looking a lot from the lack of fans, but 
The racing certainly didn't, Tom. No, racing was still uh, of, of the highest quality. Tom and I were asked to try and you know give a crack at calling the last ten minutes. That was um, that was a that was, was that utter the, was that utter fucking dribble. Yeah, yeah that was probably was. one of the tougher things we've ever done. Where it was just like, all right, final ten laps here. We're just gonna put the camera on you and you're gonna go to work. And it was like, fuck we it. We didn't know any of the cars. We didn't know the acronyms for the names because they just used three. At one point. Three the, letters out of the last name. Yeah, like we knew so Winterbottom, like, sure. Sure, we know Winterbottom. And that's about it. Scafey <laughs> Racing? Was Scafe <laughs> Racing? I don't know. He would have liked to have been. I know that. Um, at one point, the producer reminded us last night at dinner, who we will shout out in a moment, but uh, that at one point I just said, the cars are going too fast for me to see who's who. <laughs> They're going uh, too fast for my eyes. They're going too fast for my eyes. That's a quote from Tom Birmingham. Yeah, that's uh, that's what you get when you ask me and Eddie to commentate the motorsport. <laughs> They're going too fast for my eyes. Uh, <laughs> which is uh, utterly so safe to say we nailed it. Yeah, well, no, we did. We nailed it. Um, shout out to Warren Luff. I don't know if that footage will ever come out, but Warren Luff, our new favourite driver after Frosty and Reynolds. Warren looks much older than he is. We what? were sort of shocked. I think we're, he was shocked. Mostert's co-driver, and they cut to him as an interview of the race, and we're like, holy shit. <laughs> the fuck is Who the that? hell is this guy? He looks like... Oh, we cut out here. We're still here. He looks like the goddamn ghost of Mount Panorama. Look, I... We, we, I thought he was someone's granddad. Yeah, and... and, and, and <laughs> no respect to, to Warren. Well, no, no, no disrespect to Warren. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I meant respect. No, yeah, respect to Warren. Um... Certainly, we just thought maybe someone had slapped a, uh, a racing suit on a granddad and just allowed him into the into the garage. Turns out Warren's actually only 44 years old. Once he did a bit of Dioring, but he looked like shit. Or he looked old. He looked old for 44. You know? um, look, and, and the dyed hair wasn't fooling anyone. No, it wasn't fooling. In fact, it looked greyer. It looked like a... It lo- he made it look worse. Well, I, I mean, maybe that's what happens when you stick that in a helmet for fucking four hours. I don't know. Yeah. We don't know, but shout out to Warren Luff. Hope you're doing well, brah. Uh, third, I think, maybe, for, for Luffy. Can't remember. And, and Mostert. Yeah, I think so. I think third sounds about right. Um, but, yeah, calling 10 laps, the final 10 laps was incredibly taxing. <laughs> it was, like, the amount of dribble in that last 10 minutes, and you got people watching you do it, right? you got... Mm. Um, KO and the social uh, the social media company that sort of got us on board mm. we are social terrific mob terrific mob shout out to Alexa Ewan and Steve and the team uh, for all of their help across the weekend and for going the big lift they went the big lift for us and made what we were doing super easy and made sure that they kept us on track which was is often you know, in and of itself. Ewan was the hardest worker up there trying to keep us on script. Well, I mean, Alexa, the the head of the operation, was without a doubt the the, the, the key linchpin. linchpin of the whole thing, if we're talking about hard workers. The amount of times she would bring up something where I'm like, hadn't even thought of that. And, of course, everything was organised and planned to a T. To be honest, nothing really went wrong. No. It was all pretty much seamless. Uh, and then Ewan, obviously, he would help us. Uh, he'd sort of come and whisper in our ear, like, hey, maybe don't abuse Warren Luff. <laughs> Look, less, less, less Warren, Warren bashing. bashing. <laughs> yeah, and more like sort of race commentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's maybe talk about, you know, what's the safety car implications right now. 
thank you, Ewan, great point. A little less on the luff bashing. Um, but it's pretty easy to fall into. It's very easy to, when when you cut the luffy. It's hard not to. It's hard not to acknowledge it. Um, so and then and then Steve just a weapon um, on the uh, on the camera and just in general a good man. Uh, and then to Carl at Ko and the whole Ko guys who you know obviously won't be regretting the decision they made to bring us on. Obviously, no, I don't a, think so. I think they're all patting themselves on the back, quite frankly. A lot of back pats in the offices, yeah. I'd say, this week. Very successful. Uh, we had a great time. We loved it. Obviously, we've been kings of Kayo for a while now, but... Really just solidifying the position solidified atop position. the position. That's it. Uh, happy birthday to Carl as well. I feel like it's important to note he kept that quiet he all did. Sunday. Oh, he's all class. He's all class. Didn't want to. Didn't want to make it about him. Wanted to keep it about us. And to be honest, that's how we wanted it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So thank you for not bringing that up. Thank Look. you for not, you know, trying to steal our thunder, Carl. No. Uh, you're a class act. But happy birthday to you, mate. Yeah. So um, all in all, fucking tremendous weekend. Tremendous weekend. And Am I tired? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. We're shot. I'm shot to pieces. But as Tom. Uh, iterated at the start of the podcast, you know, the will taken a beating, but the spirit not broken. No, not even. Punters and Dribblers, today's episode brought to you by Good Day, the fastest selling multivitamin of all time. Do I have data to back that up? No, I don't. That's a vibe-based thing. Big shout out to the the dribblers that are already uh, on it. It's, it's changing lives. I think 207 reviews, five star, all of them at begoodhealth.com.au. If you need uh, to hear it straight from the dribbler's mouth, go and read them because it's been described multiple times as life-changing. As we explained last week, we are currently uh, taking pre-orders only as we are out of stock because it's sold way quicker than anyone could have possibly expected, which we fucking love you all for. We are taking pre-orders. It'll be back in stock later this month, and if you are a subscriber, you will be getting the goods you have not been forgotten about. Begoodhealth.com.au, code dribbler for 20% off. We love ya. Punters and Dribblers, the podcast is always brought to you by the betting platform of choice over here, and that is Neds. Neds, baby. Neds. That's it. Number one in Australia, in our opinion, nay the world, nay the universe, Nay, the multiverse. Now, if you want to follow Tom and I and our mate Guru and our mate Sebo, I mean, I think Tobler's on there, but who cares about that? The Profiles tab, Ed, it's uh, an innovation by Neds where you can go and you can see what people are betting on. It is essentially accountability in app form. Well, it's accountability personified. Correct. Uh, There's also obviously the About Even group in there where everyone's sharing their own bets giving each other shit, having a laugh, having a chuckle, having a Paul Rahihi. That's a rugby league reference that some may not get. But no, some. I liked it. Now, you win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Buy a six-pack of Big Day Rosé at halosport.shop. What are we doing month of May? Because we are working our way through the remainder of the, uh, the most recent vintage. Got a couple left that we want to get rid of before we then turn all of our attention to the end of the year. Just feeling generous, Tom. We're feeling generous, and it's, a, it's, it's sale time. We just thought, fuck it. If you buy a case and you use the code MANLY, 
you get 50 bucks off the case. If you, you buy go. two cases, you get 100 bucks off. Yep. You get what I'm trying to say. Go to hellosport.shop, bang, rosé on there, code manly, 50 bucks off a case. Pretty fucking generous if you ask me. But we love the punter and we love the dribbler and we're just like, let's get this vintage out there to the people that yep. want it most. Let's get it in the gullets of the nation. That's right. Gull it up. I think we start with rugby league. God's game. God's winner game. God's winner game. So... Friday night, Eddie, the Melbourne Storm. Stay in your lane, I'd say, while you're driving. That'd be important. Uh, the Melbourne Storm, Eddie, the might mm. of the Melbourne Storm. Mm. Into another goddamn grand final as the Raiders, to be fair, shit the bed. Shit them, maybe not even the bed. Shit themselves before they could even get into bed. You know what yeah. I mean? They couldn't even get into bed before they just shit themselves. They walked out. They walked out. With poo, soiled. Soiled. Poo on the back of the ankle sort of stuff. Mm. Dribbling down the calves. Uh, now, look, it's a brutal sport, rugby league. It's been a long season. A lot of hiccups. COVID really, you know, threw a spanner in the works, as we all know. Um, but to miss that week off, to be trying to come out of the, of the of fifth and down, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, to try and get a run of the final, tough. Very Especially tough. when you go up against that clinical storm outfit who were just ready to rock and roll and just blew them. Well, the game was over in the first 10 minutes. Yes, exactly. They did fuck all. They couldn't defend. The defense was actually really shit if you're a Raiders fan. You don't just like... I think Ricky even said it in his 30-second press conference afterwards. Mm. It's like, mate, you can cop a loss, but if you just don't even have a crack, defensively they looked absolutely weak as piss. Um... So the milk finally went sour for 2020. We were all look. Uh, the the milk went well beyond its use by date. I think. Yeah, it did. It kicked. It kicked. It kicked late. We kept you know opening the bottle and giving it a sniff, and we thought, nah, this is still play on, and it still worked into the cereal quite nicely. Yeah, the rugby league cereal. The rugby league cereal. But you know, when it, when it was all said and done, the last the last meal was soured, and it, and it didn't go down well. No. In fact, it was vomited up. Thrown up all over themselves, mm. and that's tough. If you got so- if you soiled yourself and then you're throwing up sour milk, sour milk and rugby league cereal, that makes for a really tough Friday night. But on to the uh, first team into the grand final, the Melbourne Storm. Eddie, I, look, our little trader Dior Dave's dancing around the fucking Hello Sport headquarters. Well, I wouldn't, mate. Yeah, for now, tap dancing his little yeah. his little feet around. But the old turncoat, there's no telling what he'll do in the grand final. He may switch late. He could switch half at half time. Like if Cameron Smith was to go down injured or, you know, copped a suspension, wasn't playing, I don't think the turncoat would be up to his old tricks. No, no, yeah, he'd be like, oh, I'm actually third cousins with Nathan Cleary, so I'm yeah. going for the Panthers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually born in the foot of the mountains. No, you weren't. No, you weren't. But That's a lie, but okay. Uh, well, I was born near a mountain. That's not the point, though, is it? Well, no, it kind of is. I've got an affiliation with mountains. Shut up, Dave. Um, but, mate, like, you can't... Does, does them making the grand final now make them the greatest team of the last... Because, like, it was them and the, and the Roosters, do you know? And then the Roosters do back-to-back where you're like, well, this, never been, this hasn't been done forever. Roosters elite, Roosters elite. But the Storm have essentially been making a grand final, like, every two years since 2006. Yeah. Well, this is their ninth grand final since right. 2006. So, like, what are so we doing So, fucking do the math on that, punters and dribblers. Yeah, sure, a couple were stripped, but they still got there, right? They're still there. They still played in the, the game. The fact they've made nine, uh, or, like, what is it, seven more after yeah. the two were stripped indicates that whilst the salary cap, they were caught cheating, 
and listen, like you know, every club's fucking doing it. They got caught. The yields, got, the yields, it. the yields won spoons when they were cheating the salary cap. Just to give you just, some context, exactly. It's clearly not just the cap cheating because they've been able to fucking do it. And even if you use this team as an example, it's not like they're a team of they're a team of great players, right? And throbbers, but they're not. Uh, all like marquee players and Greg Inglis and Falau and fucking this and that. You're like, well, we were saying before Tom that name the last big signing the Storm made. Yeah, so that's what that's what Cam Smith said it in the press conference. I think where it was like name the last marquee fucking player we brought down here, and it's like, mate, that's a very good point. Now, yeah, they've had Billy and Cooper and, and Cam, but they were all they weren't marquee signings when they went to to Melbourne. Their Cameron Munster wasn't a marquee signing when he went no, down there. No, their recruitment is off its tits. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Harry Grant, he's going back there. Exactly. Remember punters and dribblers, he was loaned to the West Tigers. He was Tigers. loaned. So, again... Brandon just... Smith, the Bromwiches. Tedesco, I mean, the, the Fox was bought from the Tigers as a nobody. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Pappenhausen, who's now starting to Pappenhausen, who's bloody in the elite throbbers of the game. Mm. Mate, you can go on Jerome and on Hughes. and on. Who, uh, Brenko Lee. Brenko Lee couldn't buy an NRL game. He was fucking sacked by the Titans and the Dogs. And now he's in the Queensland Origin uh, squad. Or he will be once the... The dust settles. The dust settles on the grand final. Like, they they turn shit, no offence, Brenko, into diamond. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And maybe shit's a harsh description. They... they, they mediocrity in Mediocrity in the Masters. Yes. Yes. If I can go there. You can go there, mate. I'm more than happy for you to go there. Um, now, listen, am I confident Brenko Lee won't hold a candle to the New South Wales centres if given an origin shot? Yeah. No offence to Brenko, but that's just how I feel. Um, but obviously disappointing for everyone who likes rugby league that the Storm are in again because we're all fucking over them. Um, but I'm also happy, as we said before, for the yarn around Cam Smith to go out as Go out a champion. The all-timer that he is. Obviously, I think... He got chaired off the ground. It doesn't like take he still a, isn't an out there. Well, no, it doesn't take sure. a rocket scientist to work out what's happening here, punters and dribblers. Cameron Smith, the sort of operator that doesn't want to make it all about him, which invariably it would be if he'd announced his retirement. Now, are people alluding to it anyway? Sure, yeah, yeah they it's are. It's still all about him, even though it's not all about him. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm confident that the team knows, the coaching staff know. I mean, I think Harry Grant would have been given a quiet whisper in the ear to say, listen, mate, it's all good in the hood. Yeah. But Cameron can do what he wants. When you've played, you know, over 450 games, 100 at test and state of origin level, like, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Going into your ninth grand final. Correct. Do I think they'll be too strong for Penrith? Yeah, I think there's every chance they will be. I do think that's... I, it's, if you're a Penrith fan, and we'll get into that game, but I uh, I think that you're going, fuck, basically. The old adage, you got to lose one to win one, might be at play here. Yeah. And, um, Eddie, just while we're... So, I mean, the Penrith game, v the Rabbitohs, we were... We'd, we'd had a couple... Hadn't yeah, we? We'd had plenty. We'd had plenty by that stage. So the, the intricacies of the game, I maybe don't remember uh, as well as some others. But the it seemed like no one really got in, kicked into gear all that hard in that game. Like you expected... Mm. Oh, did you hear this mm. guy telling us to uh, get out of the lane there? That was... Uh, that's probably fair. That was fair. We were sitting in the overtaking lane with the KO Caravan. 
Look, when you're dribbling and you're yarning, sometimes it minds on the dribble and the yarn. Pretty good from him, though. Yeah, it was he, all right. Well, well, it was aggressive, but what he managed to do was convey exactly what he was saying with just the sheer movement. Well, he arm. didn't use the bird. Didn't. He just basically said, wrong fucking yeah, lane. Yeah, you're in the wrong lane. And that's fair enough. But it's 100% fair. Yeah. And apologies to that guy in the, in the Mazda. Yeah, shout out to him. Shout out to him. Uh, it was aggressive, but we probably needed someone to pull us in the line at that point. Yeah. Um... So in the left lane we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, South never really got into gear. Um, and the Panthers sort of didn't either. It was almost like they just cancelled each other out. Like, it was not nothing wild happened. Now, that could be completely wrong, that that analysis. Had Tom and I been at the Knickerbocker all afternoon? Shout sure. out to the Had we been losing our... Our per DMs on, on the horses and didn't back a winner all day. Yeah, that sounds about that's, right. That's about right. Well, Eddie, not just all day, but I've actually realised that I might be the worst punter in Australia in 2020, <laughs> and I have not had a single successful bet in the entire year. Not one. You, mate, you should... Who do you punt with? I uh, don't want to name them because they steal our content. Well, whoever it is, uh, you should you should ask them for your betting statement for the year. I think it could be a bit of fun just to go through the L's on that. And just see L after L after L. It's a, uh, It's been one of the the real... Well, not one of. It's been the worst year I've ever had punting. I'm not a particularly a large punter, Eddie, but when you have no wins, mm. you don't get up at all, that's problematic. Yeah, it's tough. That's tough. Um, so, look, it may well have been a great game of rugby league. It, could have, been, it could have been awesome. We were punting. Were we enjoying just enormous country schnitzels yeah. yeah you better believe it and just and just putting back loaf after loaf of Victoria Bitter yeah. so you know we weren't we weren't at our best in terms of from an analytical, from standpoint. An analytical standpoint you know watching the game as it unfolded and, and making mental notes to, to relay to you the punter and the dribbler on the podcast no. but off the vibe I was getting it wasn't it wasn't top notch rugby league football yeah it wasn't clinical stuff that you might want to see it was a bit scrappy yeah is that yeah. fair to say? Well, it's, maybe it might be, it might not. It may not be. You know, but um, that's how we read it. And I, look, were we a little bit on autopilot as, you know, VB-induced autopilot? Yeah, we were. We were, but that's how we saw it. Um, but Penrith now into the grand final, first one in 17 years. Eddie, young team, young throbbers, all up and about. Oh, up and about's you know, the right term. Up and about's the right term. All fucking doing it for each other, yep. all young young guys that came up together in the uh, the western suburbs of the greatest city of all, Sydney. Mm. And a lot of camaraderie, you know, a lot of bonding, a lot of mateship and all that shit. Um, but, Eddie, what I found... Um, well, I love rugby league insight, right? And around grand final time, there's no shortage of rugby league insight into like what it takes. Oh, it's, insight, it, right? it's an insight time of the year. It's an insight time of the year. So what does it take? And you get that around Origin as well. What does it take to get the job done when you you know it's all on the line, the season's on the line, it's grand final time? And I just uh, I was I was um, drawn to a specific uh, article in the Daily Telegraph, Eddie. Men's Women's Weekly uh, about it's from Dean Ritchie. Eddie, you're aware yep. of Dean Bulldog? Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, so it's Panthers great has inside tips. Yeah. Scotty Sattler being uh, the Panthers great. So yep. of 2003 tackle on Todd Byrne fame. Mm. Todd Byrne never been seen again after that tackle. A winger being chased down by a back rower. 
So I just want to try and find here where the pearls of wisdom have come from Scott Sattler. So here we go. Uh, Penrith players, some from humble beginnings in Sydney's West, have formed a watertight bond that Sattler believes can be the difference. Sattler says, just be there for your mate. Everything you do this week is about being there for your mate. It's a hit-up. Be there beside him. If you come across on the inside defensively, you want to protect your mate. This week, I'd say to him, enjoy the occasion, enjoy every minute, because you very rarely get to grand finals, and stand alongside your teammates. So, I mean... Is that it? That's that's world class from, 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 from Sattler. Scott. What insight? <laughs> I mean, that's, what you, that's why he gets paid the big bucks. That's why Scotty Sattler, you know, be there for your mate. You could, I've always said that, Tom. You and I have always said that. When it comes to grand final wins and losses, what turns the makes the difference at the end, in the business moments, mate, is, is, being, there, is being there for your being mate. Being there for your mate. At the end of the day, like, where are you, mate? I'm here. Yeah. I'm here for you. Yeah, because if you're not there when he needs you, then, then your mate solo is flying yeah, by. Yeah, he's flying by. So, I mean, and I'm assuming this extends beyond the footy field as well, like... Your mate's going for a piss. Yeah. Don't let me? a man piss by no, himself. No. Do you need me to hold your slug? Do you need me to hold that thing for you there, mate? Do you need me to secure your hips? Yeah. I'm there for you as a mate. Are you a bit nervous? You're a bit constipated. Look, happy, hey. to, happy to do the NMR for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy to do the NMR. Or do you want me to put a suppository in you? Do it. I'm there for you, mate. Um, you know. That sort of stuff. That sort of stuff. Are we sharing beds? Yeah, sharing beds. I'd like to think so. I would think so. Hey, yeah. Before the biggest game of their life, if they're not bunking in together in, in, a, in a king single, I'd be I'd be pretty disappointed. Well, especially off the back of what Scott said. Well, that's about exactly the importance right. of of uh, just being there for your mate. Well, a good grand final spoon never hurt nobody. No, and he has he has expressly said everything you do this week is about being there for your mate. Everything. Yeah, he's well, he, he couldn't be more clear in my mind. No, he's. He is explicit. And this is a premiership-winning Panther, right? The man yeah. of... Well, he's done it. He's, he's been there. He's, he's done, done that. He's done everything for his mate before. Yes. Everything. <laughs> he's done absolutely everything In for his mate. In grand final week. Yes. So... Look, you know, any other time of the year, some of the, the behaviours around, you know, doing everything for your mate could raise eyebrows, Tom. Yes. But Not in grand, grand final week, week, you get a free pass, yeah. mate. In fact, it's almost... Well, it's clearly it's, encouraged. No, it's not a free pass. It is. It's Yeah, this is the week. He's he, insisting on it. You have to do everything for your mate this week. You have to. That's the only way you win grand finals. Yeah. Now, I mean, I would have... I think it's probably it's probably vague enough. Like, it's, it's good that it's vague. He wanted to keep it broad. He didn't want to give any specifics. Just be there for your mate. Everything you do, be there for your mate. If he's making a tackle, be there for your mate. Yep. In the, on the inside of something, be there for your mate. Yep, be there for your mate. Dig deep, be there for your mate. Um, rain, hail or shine. Rain, hail or shine. Mateship. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, if Scott's able to get that message across to the Penrith players, then that's also dangerous for Melbourne. Well, I think that Ivan, who, you know, the Penrith are outsiders, right? And they need every little edge they can get. I'd be I'd be rushing Scotty Sattler into the setup. Yeah. I'd be I'd be getting him around the boys and I'd be I'd be getting him to demonstrate exactly what he what, means. Yeah. Yeah. By three hour lecture stuff in yeah. front of the uh, in yeah. front of the boys. Bit Props, of a, take a mannequin in and, and show them how it's done. How it's done. What are you doing for your mate here? What are you doing for your mate there? Um, there's no end to things that you can do for your mate. Yeah, yeah. Especially when it's explicitly expressed that everything has to be done for your mate this week. So 
look, very excited for the grand final. I think we're tipping Melbourne, let's be real. Look, we are tipping Melbourne, but Tom's already said that he's he's played a shocker all year. So, so maybe if back, you want so to go against him and go Penrith, go Penrith for a famous young team on the rise who who've done it all from such a young age to rise to the dizzying heights of the grand final and get the W over the, one of the great sides in rugby league history. Yeah. Um, it's I, possible. I, I want Penrith to win. So do I. I, I want, want to see Penrith. young kids doing everything I'm they can going, for each other. I'm going mates. for Penrith. Yes. But I think that Melbourne will win. That's it. Um, but as you said, based on my history, I would load up on the Panthers if I were you because I can't bet clearly. Um, Eddie, I don't know if there's anything else really rugby league related here as I flick through the paper. Oh, I will actually. Buzz Rothfield. Of Buzz Rothfield fame, of of being uh, of beetroot fame, of beetroot face fame, of being able to give it and not take it fame. Um, <laughs> you know, for someone who never goes on bottom, does he? No, 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 not is should sure. I think probably perfectly placed for the bottom, but but doesn't take to it. No, likes to likes to be on top, but doesn't probably have the. Uh, the athleticism to maintain top position anymore in his old age that's just that's purely just from our where we're looking at it that could be wrong but I don't know if it is um so he's you know his little Saint Sinner Shush segment in the Telegraph and you know here to him I enjoy reading them but they are filled with it's like a it's like a fucking I'm gonna go there uh, what's the movie Mean Girls mm. and there's that book in it where they just hang shit on everyone yep it's like Buzz's burn book every week yep. he just sort of spreads rumours innuendo and talks shit about people yep uh, so in Buzz's burn book this week Mean Girl Buzz um, he talks about we're still recording yeah yeah we're still going bro that's right um the shush, the shush uh, segment here. One of the shushes. A video has emerged and is doing the rounds on WhatsApp of an old NRL superstar in an intoxicated condition kissing another man in a pub, similar to the old Joey John's Billy Peden photo. Cool. Cool, Buzz. I mean... I mean... Did you vote no, Buzz? <laughs> Did you vote yeah. no? Are you a no voter, Buzz? What the fuck's wrong with that? Who gives a shit? That's play on. That's a good night if you're into that, you know? Mate. Maybe it's... he's maybe that's what he wants to do and he doesn't need you fucking putting it out there yet. A couple of teammates sharing a smooch. That's play on. I mean, really, Buzz. Disappointing but not surprising from, from Buzz's burn book there. Um, but I think that might have been... Oh, and the NRL is in talks, Eddie. In terms of uh, this Come is on, oh my oh god, my you god. I gave you every fucking every opportunity, opportunity for you to merge there, bruh, and then you're upset with us. We got fucking 3,000 kilograms of nothing shits here. me more than nervous mergers, dude. Like, get on with the dude. job, mate. Or the people that don't know when it's when they've got right away, and you're like, brother, you have right of way here, you're going straight, I'm turning, so fucking go, get on with it. So the NRL is in talks with a technology company that could finally put an end to the constant debate and inconsistency over forward pass rulings. The technology involves a microchip inside the balls and in players' jerseys to determine if the ball comes back out of the players' hands. Thoughts, queries, 
do you care? Do we think it'd work? Yeah, sure. If it works, it works. If it can be just called live, that was forward, move on. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Just like a little alert on the pocket. Bang, yeah. We're going back. That was a forward nah, pass. that was a forward pass. I don't, I don't hate that. I just think it just fucking clears everything out. But it needs to be backwards out of the hands. If it floats forward, it's sweet. It's play on. You and I have gone into the bloody science of this. Some people don't ago. seem to know that that's the rule. They're like, oh, that floated forward. No, no, no. It's backwards out of the hands. Backwards out of the hands, bro. I'm not going to get back into it. I think we almost dedicated a whole podcast. To yeah, that. yeah, exactly. Um, you hanging a piss here? Yep. All right. And then we can uh, wrap up rugby league football. Yeah, well, we can probably wrap up rugby league football before you piss. Um, but listen, yeah, if they can make the forward pass situation a smoother one, then Works fantastic. For but if it's going to go to video ref and drag on, then I'd prefer we just stick with what we've got. Um, but I think that's rugby league, Eddie. I think so. Storm to win, but cheering for Penrith? Yep, happy with that. Sweet. I'll only be a moment. Rugby union, Ed. Yep. You and I said last week, I mean, I may have even said it more so than you, but uh, after the Wallabies got uh, a famous draw against the All Blacks in the first game of the Bledisloe Cup, many rug- a rugby diehard reached out to us and was like, you better not talk shit this week. Oh, we're fucking killing it. We're back. Rugby's back. And I'm not here to bash rugby this week because it's not what it's about. No. But I certainly made the point that I thought it was a little premature to be swinging your dicks around that Australian rugby is back. Yep. Um, because we drew against New Zealand in the first test of the year in a bloody rain-affected Wellington game, wherever the fuck it was. Yes. Look, it's safe to say that New Zealand were fucking clinical. Yeah, they uh, put us to the sword. Now, listen, we didn't we didn't suck. So I'm not here saying that like Australian rugby is a pile of shit as it was, you know, in the darkest depths of the Robbie Dean's years. But we're certainly not back, right? Like it's good that there's. I, I'd say what was maybe what was the bit the most positive thing out of the Wallabies' famous draw, mm. the draw that will never be forgotten, was that. You were able to see that Australian rugby fans are just sitting dormant, just below the surface, waiting for, you know... When, when wins happen, the fair weather's come back. Yes. They're there. They're obviously a rusted on, so we're like, you know, Alex Ironside, who shares a photo of the Trevojevic brothers on Instagram and tags the wrong ones. <laughs> right? Like, there are those sort of rugby <coughs> union dribblers who are just, you know, beyond yeah. fucking... They're beyond help. They're beyond help. But... Um, you know, the Fairweather fans were happy to come back on the Wallabies train once they started kicking ass, which I'm for. But a draw, not that good. Um, and then obviously pump 27 to 7. The difference, I think, is the ability to ice opportunities. The Wallabies had a fair few chances to, when the score wasn't blown out, to peg back tries, mm. and they just fucked them up. Look, you know, and then New Zealand to go down the other end score. Test match rugby, you got to ex- you got to execute when your opportunities come up. Ice them. You got to ice them, mate. Because you know what New Zealand does? They ice them every single time. 
Like, and, they, and they make you pay for fucking for not icing yours. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, oh, you didn't ice yours? Well, we're going to ice you back. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're going like, to ice you now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stiff shit. We're going to go length of the field and, and, and just turn this game on its head. And also, you know, when you come out of halftime and you might be a little bit like, oh, we're still in this. It's 10-7 and we're, you know, we're up and about. No, no, no. We're going to put three quick ones on yeah, you. Yeah, so we're just going to put three quick ones on you just after halftime. On your, on your chin and now you're wobbling and then we're just going to KO you and it's as all over. We, as you know, you've had your halftime speeches about consolidating a solid first half, you know, fixing some technical deficiencies or some defensive lapses uh, and coming out strong in the second half and then within the first three minutes New Zealand have scored again and you're like, well, we didn't do that, did we? We didn't fucking do that. In fairness to the Wallabies, though, it was always going to be tough to win at the Fortress. No one wins there. Well, no yeah. one. I mean, I, I think one of our mates uh, in the chat group yesterday said we've won there four times since 1934. We haven't won there since the 80s. I don't think anyone's won there since France did in the 90s. Dior. Which but is it's an ridiculous. Absolute, it, I don't it, understand how, like, statistically how that works. You know what I mean? Like, why that <laughs> fucking ground? Because they just get up for it, mate. They just get up for it. I know. Apparently, it's very intimidating, very imposing. you got the, the, the sea of black just absolutely bang for blood. And people buckle under the pressure, obviously, as well, when you go in with this sort of... Perception's not the right word, but this, you know, I'm going to use it, of what the All Blacks is, right? Yeah. Like, you go in already... Overawed by you go, the aura. Yeah, yeah. You, you, the aura. The aura fucks people up. And then when you, t- you tack onto that... The Suncorp for them, our yeah. Suncorp, they're Eden Park. It just, it overwhelms teams, mate. Eden Park, almost the 16th player on the field, you can say. It definitely is, mate. It's almost the first player on the field, yeah. really, yeah. in some respects. So it was always going to be tough. Now, the fact that we got a draw in Wellington means that we, if we win both back home, then we're in with a shot. Well, we win it. You know what I mean? We'll, no, like we win it. Yeah. But I'm saying we're in with a shot because they're both at home. Yes, it's not over yet. Now, my guess would be ones at Suncorp, where traditionally we play pretty well against the All Blacks. So, I mean, Dior Dave's not here, so we're just going off five here. And the other one, I'm guessing, probably in Sydney, where we haven't done too well. No, historically. Now, um, also someone pointed out on the P's and D's page, Dior Dave probably now an All Black supporter. Uh, would that would that shock that. any of us? No. no, no, it wouldn't. Speaking of that, because listen, the Wallabies we still love you. Hopefully, we get the job done in Sydney. Actually, look, no. Before we get off rugby, uh, South Africa has just bailed from the championship. Hey, we, leave it later, South Africa. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Leave it later than that. Like, Wait, could you have given us any less notice? You now, fucking idiot. Now, let's be honest. If if the reasons that you're putting forward is that for some bloody COVID protocol, you can't leave the country. If that were true, it was true months ago. Exactly. And you know what I mean? I'm and to, to string along... Multiple nations. World rugby. Well, yeah. not world rugby, but Southern, he- Southern Hemisphere rugby. To string us along like this is absolutely appalling. Now, yeah. does part of me think that they're a little bit um, protective of their status as number one in the world because they won the World Cup? And they don't want to get towed up by a New Zealand outfit bang for, for, for redemption and bang for blood? Maybe. Is that the cynic in me? Sure. I just I see through the bullshit. Tom. Yeah, exactly. And Mate, I'm calling it how I see it. And I think bullshit. it's a weak fucking excuse. It's weak. It's weak and I mean I don't know if they've we couldn't ascertain. You know what it you know what it you know what it like it feels like? 
it feels like the old, oh, um, yeah, mate, can't come to work today, food poisoning. Yeah, sorry, I got had food poisoning. Had a dodgy Indian meal last yeah, yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, sorry, mate, I got diarrhea. no, you didn't. You don't have diarrhea, South Africa. Put it this, I've had food poisoning once in my life, which says to me that it's pretty fucking rare. It's not as it's not as common as you might think. I've probably had a couple more. Well, I don't know whether I've had food poisoning or just gastro. You know, like I've been sick a couple of times. You I know don't when know you had food poisoning. You, you probably know. You turn you, like that. You turn you, on a dime. On a dime. One minute you're fit and healthy, fighting fit. That's true. Going into some some dairy milk, fruit and nut. The next you're strapped to the Dalton. Yeah. Giving it all it's got. Wondering if this is it for you. Yeah. Is yeah, this, yeah am yeah. I going to yeah. die? Is this here how rap- I go out? Is this how I go? Well, that was me in Bali. Actually, that's the time I remember the worst food poisoning of my life. With a uh, friend of the show, Nerd Soon, Luke Bracey, uh, obviously on holiday with him and his family after Steph dumped me two weeks from our holiday. Uh, and then my last meal was a, uh, a Hungry Jack's mm. in Bali. Mm. And then food poisoning hit me en route to the airport. Yep. Uh, Saturday night traffic to get to the airport, two to three hours. Mm. Real nightmare stuff. Now, yeah. that wasn't a lie. Let South your Africans, imagination run Yeah, wild. yeah, I'll let you guys go from there with the uh, the... the the Balinese's proclivity for drop hole toilets and how that went. Um, <laughs> one of the low points of my life. Make no mistake. First, I thought Steph dumping me two weeks from the holiday. No, 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 no. no, no. no, no. It wasn't my bottom. No, quite, no, yeah. no. Drop hole, both ends. Mm. Make up your own mind. In you, you know, yeah, let yeah. your imagination run wild. Although I'm kind of painting it for you as I as I go here. We should get out of the overtaking lane, Eddie. No, I mean, I'm we're stuck again. here. We're stuck. We no, got trucks. Well, we got trucks all around us. We're in the overtaking lane. We're not stuck. Here we go. Fixed. No, fixed into the middle. And I think. But so basically, what we're saying in a roundabout way is that we're not buying what the South Africans are selling. No. Now, is this almost? Is this almost, Tom? South Africa turning the fucking dagger into the back of Australian rugby, who's which is on its absolute knees, COVID ravaged, running out of coin by the second. Uh, the, the whispers of administration growing louder. Is this a knife turn in the back? Certainly just going, is. listen, we're going to take away uh, a little bit more revenue for you and just see how you cope. Yeah, good luck. Wait, like when you go... Uh, is this is this payback for 99? It's, it seems like it, Eddie. I can't, I can't obviously definitively say it's payback for 99, but, it, I mean, it feels like it's payback for 99. It, feel, it sure as shit feels like it to me, mate. Which, I mean, like, talk about holding a grudge. <laughs> Get over it. It's been 21 years. It's been 21 long years. Jesus, people born in 99 and 21. Oh, that, that makes me feel sick. That makes me feel violent, yeah. That'll give you food poisoning, punishment. Um, but fuck South Africa, basically. Yeah, fuck them. Dogs. Dogs, 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 dogs. But what it does do is it frees up um, a little bit more energy, perhaps, vigour, to fight tooth and nail to win the Bledisloe for the first time since 2002. Yeah. Dare to dream stuff. Dare believe to dream. in miracle stuff. Dare to dream. I believe in miracles. Where are you from, you sexy thing? Uh, what I was wanting to get to, just back on turncoats of note. Yes. Notable uh, turncoats. Notable turncoats. Now... As we've mentioned, Dior Dave, born and bred New South Welshman, uh, inexplicably going for Queensland because they're filled with his Melbourne Storm team Mm. players, which just doesn't make sense. That's not what Origin's about, but that is what it is with Dave. Um, The Mm. one time, uh, you know, notable dribbler of the podcast, 
Nilso the Novocastrian. Mm-hmm. It was it was pointed out on the P's and D's page, punters and dribblers page on Facebook. If you're not there, join. Nilso always talking up his Newcastle roots. Um, loves his Pepsi Max. Loves his Newcastle Knights. Um, a photo appeared on on the P's and D's page of Nilso, basically. Not not too dissimilar in age, around like 14, 15, both photos. One in a Queensland jersey with a photo in front of the TV of like Queensland winning. And then another one in a New South Wales jersey. Now, it's safe to say that Brand Nilso has taken a real whack this last week. Brand Nilso... At an all-time um, low. Yeah, it's all, at an all-time low. Now, let, that's not to say that he can't try and wrestle it back in the in the fullness of time, but... From an origin perspective, he'll never he'll never be able to wrestle that. No, 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 no. Stocks, no. Nilso's stocks, you know, I'd be selling. Yeah, I'd, I'd be selling stocks. They're, they're a sell. They're, they're a, sell. a hard sell. And it's almost too late to sell. You're selling at a loss if you own stocks in Nilso. Yeah, but yeah, but you got to take your licks, right? Yeah, you do. If you're in stock, Nilso. Because they're not going back up. Now, his defense was that he was a 16-year-old boy and that he didn't know any better. But I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you That's that the... at 16, you're more than a boy. In fact, you're allowed to, you know... Make love. Make love legally. So, you know, in terms of... In the, eye of the, in the eye of the law, Tom. In the eye of the You the can emancipate makers. yourself from your from your parents at 16, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, so... You man- can drop out of school. If the law... S- places that level of maturity on you at the age of 16, I think it's fair to say, Tom, that you should know right and wrong. And That's not an excuse. And it's not an excuse. Yeah, like if you are a 10-year-old and you see your favourite players, you know, and you don't really understand, you've only been on the earth for 10 years, you're like, I don't even really get where I'm from. I don't understand how the world works. Then, you know, I get that you can make that decision, but if you're 16, then you're basically just a glory chaser and you've got no spine. You're a spineless glory chaser. Yeah. Now, listen, I'm not going to say that that sort of behaviour extends into all aspects of Nilso's life because Nilso's a good guy. Yes. Seems like a nice fella. Yes. uh, With a heart of gold. Yeah. But no rugby league backbone at all. No. No, no, he's missing a backbone. So, I mean, I don't know whether it's... You know, I mean, I can't can't be going around calling him Nilso the Novocastion anymore because he's Nilso the Queenslander, right? Nilso the Queenslander. That's exactly who he is. He's Nilso the Queenslander from from here on in. And 4X is soon, Nilso. Yeah, yeah. 4X is soon, bro. No Forex Pepsi Maxes for you, no, bro. No, no, no. You've been stripped. Stripped of the Pepsi Max title, of the Novocastrian title. It is Nilso the Queenslander and 4X. You've made your bed. You've made your bed. It's now time to line it. Yeah. Um, Eddie, I don't know if there's anything else really... Uh, in the world of sport, is there anything else we've missed, mate? Anything else that we should be talking about from the weekend? AFL Grand Finals. Um, we've got Brisbane no, out. No, yes. Brisbane. Brisbane lose to Geelong. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Geelong in the final, Richmond in the final. I mean, we could expect another huge blowout here. I don't know what to expect with the AFL this year, but wouldn't surprise me if, if Richmond go out there and put three hundred on Geelong and everyone, you know, goes home unhappy. Yeah, I will say that. This weekend coming up, so the, the the weekend we've got ahead of us is one of a, the great weekends in sport. We've obviously got the AFL Grand Final Saturday into the NRL Grand Final Sunday. And on Sunday, we have a fucking huge UFC card. Khabib versus Gagey for the lightweight title. Uh, Robert Whittaker versus Jared Cannonier, probably for the number one contender for the middleweight against Adesanya. I think Tai Tuivasa is fighting again. Yes. Bam is. Bam against Stefan Struve. Dior, 
but Struve has been around the block for a while. Ty needs to start knocking some cunts out. Well, Ty needs Ws. Ty needs Ws. But Ty knows that. He does know that, and I'm, I'm hoping to hell that he gets them, because he was on a bit of a tear early on. Had fucking, early on in his career, he had Junior Dos Santos on the bloody ropes, and had he won that, the career could be looking very different, because then he's just gone lost. I don't think he's won since then. <laughs> um, but we're obviously backing our boy. Uh, and there may be another fight we're missing on this card, I don't know, that was of note, but holy shit, I'm ready to rip into it. It's going to be another huge weekend, punters and dribblers. It's going to be immense. I'm frothing in the mouth. Yep. Um, I'm not sure what else to say, Tom. I don't know if there's anything else, man, if there's anything glaring that we may or may not have missed. Obviously, a different podcast this week, en route back from Bathurst, almost in Sydney, driving the caravan, the KO caravan, um, but... Shout out to the new uh, tunnel that goes under Parramatta Road. It's it's wide. It's luxurious. It's one of the great tunnels, Eddie. Um, it, it flows a dream. It's not too busy. It's um, not too busy, is it's it? It's really smooth. It seems um it seems futuristic. It's the Rolls Royce of tunnels, punters and dribblers. I'll give you the hot I feel set. like I'm driving in the future when I'm in this tunnel, and nothing's a problem. You know, you're just kind of like, this is this is great. This should is I be cool. should I be going to the airport? Uh, I think so. So I'm going to get across. All right, you just slowly state your intentions, obviously with an early indication, Eddie, and then yep. make your way over there at your own at behest, own I believe. Um, so to the punters and dribblers, uh, thank you all. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Shout out to uh, Maddie Nabes, Danny Exotic for the uh, the beautiful... Um, the intro piece. The intro piece for us in Bathurst. That was great. It's terrific. Uh, Danny Exotic, a man of many talents. And um, one of them being uh, yeah, a fine purveyor of the rack and the red ahead of the grand final. I think we need to have Danny watch for the grand final. Danny, yeah. if you're out there, we're going to need some updates. Obviously, keep them relatively... Uh, suitable for human consumption uh, don't want anyone cancelled no last thing we want Danny cancelled <laughs> last thing we want Danny to get us cancelled we don't want Danny cancelled um, but I think that's us for this weekend I think so buddy it's been a pleasure it's been a pleasure bye bye go the Panthers could you two just not talk anymore <laughs>